Welcome to FileMaker Talk. This is Matt Navarre. With, yes, I'm here once again, finally, after all those other interviews that you have done with all those other people, I came out from underneath my hole, Matt Petrowski. <laughs> yes. What an intro. Wow. It's been too long. It's so good to talk to you. It's so long. We wait too long. And see you. It's really cool because we're doing video, even though none of our listeners can see your gleaming head. <laughs> oh yes, or your floppy do. <laughs> I've got I've got the hair growing out. Well, you know, fine. it's been so long because you're off in Senegal, Africa, and doing all kinds of different stuff, which we'll hear about. Yep. All right. Do we have a lineup? We have a lineup. We've got some. It's not FileMaker. We've got some FileMaker cool, and we've got a topic as well, which is uh, doing SQL SQL inside FileMaker using a plugin like uh, ScriptMaster or one of the other many options. Um, I am somewhat familiar with that. It's your presentation, and I'm asking questions. But let's start with It's Not FileMaker. As you can see, which everyone else can't see in the video, I'm going up and down, up and down. But that's because I'm on my feet. I, uh, and you mentioned, you said that you had thought that I had already said this, and hopefully I haven't said this. I don't think I have because I didn't have it prior to us recording right now, and that is GeekDesk. GeekDesk is uh, it's a trend that's been happening actually for many years. Um, Lifehacker wrote an article a while back about this, mm-hmm. and it was basically the whole thing about, you know, we are not supposed to be sedentary for eight hours straight for those of us working on computers. And there were some days I could feel a little bit of stress in my side or in my, you know, in my hips, and so I said, oh, man, I've got to do something about this. So about two months ago, I went to GeekDesk and bought one of those. Now, here's what I did. GeekDesk is actually one of the least expensive of all of the different uh, desks that go up and down. And this is basically a desk that doesn't work off of hydraulics. It's got a little motor, sort of like the similar – it's similar to the back of those trucks. You know, when they flip the little switch in order to bring the piano up and down, it goes – Yep, yeah. yep. So that's exactly what this is. It has a switch. They've got an upgraded model, which has like four memorized settings. I didn't need that. I can basically bring it up and down to the level that I want, either sitting or standing position. But I bought mine without the top because they charge $300 for the top. So I went through the wonderful experience of learning how to epoxy a oak laminated piece of plywood Hmm. and boy was that an experience (laughs) if you've never done epoxy working with epoxy was very much a learning experience why did you do that instead of just like varnish or some regular finish um i could have done that i just wanted you know when you go into you know the bars have those really nice thick yeah i do coats and it looks all shiny and gleaming for some reason i just wanted that and so you can get at lowe's you can get like you know, two different. Well, it depends on the, how much square footage you're covering, but I got enough that it was about sixty dollars. The plywood was forty, the epoxy was sixty. I figured that was better than three hundred, but of course, time and learning experience. If I factored those in, I probably paid five hundred dollars for the top. <laughs> so you know, it's way off topic, but how do you actually apply that to it? You just pour it on, or paint it on, or no, epoxy is two parts. It's got a uh, a base and then an activator. And so basically you have to pour them in equivalent amounts, exactly the amounts. In fact, if mm-hmm. it's off even a little bit, you end up with something that's either too mushy or uh, gets too hard, I believe, or brittle. Yeah, it's like the double the syringes that you can get, you know. 
That's exactly what it's like. Because I didn't even know epoxy is basically it's a plastic. So what happens is you you know you'll get dents in it, but if the epoxy doesn't have the right mix, it may be too soft. The dent won't come out if you have something hard sitting on it, and so. And getting it, your surface has to be perfectly level in order for it to actually, it's self-settling in order to create the uh, level surface, but it was very interesting to hmm. do. All right, so what's yours? Mine is the ICANN conference that I attended in Senegal, Africa, in Dakar uh, a couple of weeks ago. So somebody paid for you to go to Senegal. Yeah, so here's the thing. I've got a friend who owns this company that does AV uh, and networking work. So we went into this hotel in Senegal. What this company does is they, they go into hotels, and, and the reason that I wanted to do this was definitely had a subcontext of doing it for for DevCon and for Pause on Air, where I helped use some of the AB stuff. So they go into the hotel that doesn't have enough internet bandwidth. They brought in 100 megabit internet wired to the hotel from the local ISP, um, and the hotel probably had one DSL line for the whole hotel before that even though it's a really big hotel. One DSL. <laughs> well, I mean, they have very, very little bandwidth. Like when, when the network got pulled, it was almost unusable to use it anywhere in the hotel. But the network that we brought in was just amazing. It was perfect. Better than anything you've ever seen at DevCon. So 100 megabit, perfectly routed, set up with a really high-end Cisco router. Over 100 access points, all wired with, with um, uh, Ethernet, you know, 100 base T, gigabit Ethernet. You know, really high-end Cisco ones with four antennas. So that all the public areas, all the meeting rooms were all set up. There was meetings going on at the height of the conference, 12 meetings at one time, that were handled by the staff of nine of us who were there from this company. Um, and in every room, every single session had audio recording. And some of the audio recordings were actually in four languages, where there was people in the back of the room listening to everyone speaking and translating it into French, Spanish, and Portuguese. And then all that stuff was streamed real-time, including all the languages, out to the Internet while the sessions were going on, even though we're seven hours ahead in Dakar. You could actually get up in the middle of the night and listen to the, these Internet discussions going on and listen to policy being made. Jeez. And um, what exactly did you do? Like, what, yeah. what, what role were you playing? So the role I was playing was before the conference, setting up all the stuff, taping down Ethernet cables, connecting all the equipment and getting it working. And then when the conference was going, each of us would be sitting in a room and monitor all the sessions. We would start a bridge phone call and call a bunch of people via Skype wherever in the world and connect them into the room. So every room had a big PA and microphones for every single person who would talk. So sometimes there was 40 or 50 people sitting around a big U-shaped table who are all the high-end executives at ICANN and, and just people from anywhere in the world who came to the conference and wanted to talk about top-level domains or whatever the subject was. Um, and every one of them had a microphone, and all those microphones were connected to a big audio mixer. And so there's a sound guy and me basically running the room. And um, all the people were talking, uh, discussing the topic for... All day long. I mean, I would sit in the room from 8 a.m. till 6 p.m. Uh, and have breaks throughout the day. But it was just, it was very, very long. You know, the conference went on for a week. And they do this three times a year all over the world. And did you get to go anywhere else, travel-wise? Yeah, so after the conference ended and after I did all this work, and it was just totally thrilling to be part of the whole Internet, you know, watching the Internet get made and 
uh, the, the really high-end executives who, you know, the inventors of the Internet. Tim Berners-Lee comes to this thing sometimes, and, and people who are really, really high up in the Internet hierarchy. This is their – this is where they, they come and, and – This is where you go after you've either made a lot of money or, you know, really just want to do something for fun. Well, actually, I don't know if I'd call it fun, but really if you care about something like IPv6 or something that's really changing at the top level of the Internet, like, like uh, you know, the GTLDs, like .Nike or .PDX or whatever, .FileMaker, if you want to influence the policy of those domains and how ISPs and registrars and registrants and all that process works, this is the place where you can actually have a voice. It's non-governmental, totally open process where anyone could come in. There was people who lived in the area who heard about the conference. You can go for free. The conference doesn't cost anything to attend. You just show up, get a badge, go into a room, and ask a question of the president of ICANN about what is going on. So it was really, really cool. So after <laughs> it was all done, I, I toured around with my friend, um, and we went around and, and saw some of the really cool things in Dakar, uh, hung around with with some of the locals and it was really great to to experience Africa that one little tiny piece of Africa <laughs> I mean a billion people live on that continent and there's like 63 countries in Africa and Senegal is like number 20 in terms of population wow it's not even a big country you know but it sure feels like a huge place when you're there well it's not little old Murrieta where I live yeah and not the one in Georgia <laughs> <laughs> nope, nope, nope. Wow. Yep. So It'll it was be a really, while before I'm traveling that far. It was really great to see and be a part of exactly what it takes to successfully record and stream audio at a big conference like that. So that was really a great experience. So on to FM Cool. Uh, I'll continue. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Because yours is a surprise. Yes, it was a surprise. You told you were, me. You were like looking at me, and I could tell you're like, uh, I'll uh, continue. <laughs> I'll continue. So my uh, th- this next week, I'm going to be talking in Portland and Seattle on practical uses of design patterns. So we've got a couple people, Don Levan and Ernest Coe primarily, I think, and several others who are really interested in design patterns as kind of an up-and-coming topic in, in the FileMaker world. Um, and I really wanted to get to the practical side of that, not so much the theoretical, and really um, take a look at some specific examples of things we can do to make uh, development easier, to make better software for our clients really is the main goal, and to do it in a more efficient way. Those are the two goals that I have really with it. And I'm trying to come up with five uh, top ones that I think are really good. And so that's kind of the main thing that I'm thinking about lots these days. Gotcha. What's yours? Mine is something I needed to do for a file I was designing for the Theme Studio the other day. Uh, One of the things that I've always promoted to people is to take advantage of all of the extra cool that you have access to with regards to fonts. All of the hidden stuff that you have access to within Unicode. So I don't know if you've ever 
you know, opened up that on a Mac, you can, op- uh, you know, can open that, that little window that shows you all the different characters beyond just your standard set of characters, ASCII, yeah. mm-hmm. which includes, um, I, don't, I don't know if a lot of people even know this, there are, on Lion, if you open that little widget that uh, gives you the characters, one of the categories is called emoji, which is basically just colored little iconic representations of things. Those, if you put them into your FileMaker layout, they will show up on FileMaker Go as well. And you have all these little, you know, just a small little subset of icons, but it's directly within the font. And then you also have all of your arrows, all of, uh, you know, all kinds of different characters. So what I wanted is I wanted to know what was the character code, because a lot of the times I will use arrows in particular, up and down arrows for sorts. And so that's um, char... 9650 and 9660. And the only reason I know those is because I had just done this the other day. So what I will use is I would typically go into this little control panel and I thought, why the heck am I doing this? Why do I keep doing this? Because FileMaker's actual code for a Unicode character is different than what the Unicode typically is. The actual uh, Unicode value that you would find on Unicode.org or Unicode.com. So what I did is I, I thought why don't I just make a FileMaker database and run a loop? So all I did is I made a FileMaker database, created one script, which is a loop that says loop for um, 10,000 iterations, and basically just use the um, the char function. Yeah, because you supply the code. Mm-hmm. And I said, get record number. And, and just let it... you created a, a database of all the Unicode characters? Yeah, and so all you have to do is then just scroll down that list, and you can you can carry the character over as many times as you want. You know, duplicating the exact same field, and just change the font. That's so you can see which awesome. which fonts have which characters, and you're looking at the code based on what record you're on. Please, <laughs> as, please send me that. I need as that as long as it's unsorted. So you know, it's a great visual way to see. Oh, what do I have access to that I could just use in my FileMaker UI? That's actually a pretty cool hidden function. So I use the emoji thing on the iPhone so that you can you can text those cute little characters. Uh-huh. I didn't. I know that they can be sent to any other iPhone user, even if they don't have an emoji keyboard. Um, but I uh, didn't know if you can text them to users of other phones. And I also know that they're now part of Lion, and they're just part of the whole thing. I, you could actually put them in FileMaker layouts, and they work? Yes. You put them in FileMaker layouts, and they will show up on FileMaker Go, on both the iPad and the iPhone. Really? Very cool stuff. And what about Windows? Uh, I have not tried, but mm-hmm. my guess would be no. <laughs> Any, does anyone still use that the Windows thing? <laughs> just everybody just who's everybody. not on a Mac. Yeah, which is, you know, most people. Most people who are just going to a job where they give them a computer. Like, Anybody who gets to choose what computer they want to use, I'm guessing those people are Mac people. I think most of them, but my whole client, <laughs> they are all pretty much Windows at the state of Oregon. So. <laughs> That's cool stuff. I would love to, to play with that. Hey, it's easy. Just make a script. Say, loop. Exit loop if rec- get record number is greater than 10,000. And then just make an auto-enter on one field, and that auto-enter is... Char get record number. Yep. Hmm. Or co- yeah, char code. One sure. of those. Yeah. <laughs> and there you go. So let's head into our main topic. Seems to me there's two 
primary objectives, and I'm coming at this because I'm not an expert in, X, in SQL, and you've used it quite a bit with ScriptMaster and with other plugins. <clears throat> but the two main benefits that I see are, one, the ability to significantly reduce the number of table occurrences because you can use an SQL command to get data without the graph existing to support that. You can actually create the relationship in the, in the, um, the query. And two, it's faster than any other way that you can query data, like by going to a layout, going to find mode, or using a relationship to get a set of found records. Um, so there's speed benefits. Yes. Okay, now you. There's typically, when it comes to the speed benefit issue, that's typically bound to the driver. So in the case of, um, of a SQL uh, plugin making a request, Typically, you're going to have, if it's an external request coming into FileMaker. Now, tip, what what the plugin developers have access to is they have access to the SQL API. Right. So, so a long time ago, FileMaker actually changed, and all the internal calls that you do actually get like if you do a find in FileMaker. This is the way it was explained to me. It actually gets changed into an SQL command, and then the internal FileMaker engine runs that SQL command to give you the data. So the plugin. And there's probably 10 different ones you can get. Several of them are for free now. Um, yep. uh, allows you direct access to that SQL without going through the FileMaker layer, which is why you get the speed benefit. Is that right? Um, that's all new to me. I didn't know, I didn't know if they're doing any uh, translation. I didn't know whether they were using their own query engine or whether it was an adaptation of SQL or whether they were converting to SQL. I have no idea. It would be interesting to know whether or not they are actually doing that. I just know that the plugin API had access to what they had put in with regards to SQL beyond what the plugin makes in terms of request uh, in terms of handing it SQL. Mm -hmm. I don't know what FileMaker is using its own query optimizer in order to uh, make it work better based on how they've put, programmed their file spec or whether they've actually accommodated and moved in the direction of we're going to be more SQL compliant so we'll just make sure and you know, work with SQL rather than trying to convert into our own query. So that that would be a great question if anybody's asked it from the devs at DevCon or yeah. for somebody to ask them. It would be good to know. So, and we're not talking about using SQL for like My MySQL or SQL Server or something like that. We're talking about internal to query your own FileMaker database with with no connection to ESS. So in that case, you're not really bound by the driver, right? But not it, no driver. But it does. It is good to know that the driver itself can be a, a point where things can either slow down or speed up. In the case of, um, you, I forget which one FileMaker promotes, but there's a difference between a, obviously a 32-bit driver and a 64-bit driver. But FileMaker itself is not 64-bit, so I don't know that you get any advantage by using a 64-bit driver other than who knows what, maybe. Right, yeah. a, conversion or something like that. Yeah. But from the standpoint of what you get in terms of benefits from the whole of your solution, anytime you can cut out a lot of extra stuff, that's great because the less you have to manage, the simpler it is, the easier it is to maintain. And that's exactly what you get with SQL. So there's tons of different examples and I'll give you two of them. One in particular is uh, I know you do this with a lot of your database systems, is you will pull up and you will use portals in order to dynamically present data. 
mm-hmm. based on some type of query. Whereas a lot of the times people are using portals either for a direct interaction with um, related data specific to a given river, uh, record, let's say an invoice and its line items, mm-hmm. very specific case. But if you want to show every customer who has made purchases that exceed $300 across the last five years, well, building that into your graph is not something that I would personally prefer to do. That's a very specific case, and plus you would want to dynamically be able to build that on the fly. You're able Mm -hmm. to solve that with SQL. Because SQL does not, it's not, tied to the graph and it knows nothing about the graph in fact so you can query across multiple tables uh, given whatever filemaker supports in in terms of the sql syntax and that's basically a select statement that you're doing right correct um so a select what it does is when you drag from one table occurrence to another table occurrence you're in essence creating a what's known as a join Mm-hmm. between and that would be a sql equivalent to a sql join now there are some things that you can do in sql that fi- i know filemaker does not support such as subqueries so in the case of subqueries that's sort of like being able to do um, in filemaker parlance or whatever that word is <laughs> they would basically you would do a find and then in order to find within that find, you would do a constraint, constraint. Mm-hmm. or an extend. Mm-hmm. So I know that FileMaker SQL currently doesn't support um, subqueries. Mm. So for the most part, you're just able to at least query across multiple tables without actually having connections on the relationship graph in order to pull data out and then dump that into a, uh, let's say, a global field for the purpose of showing rendering your portal. So when you do a select statement... Um and you, you can basically connect. So let's use your, uh, your example of like um, – well, actually, here's a, maybe a better example that I often do is I'm using uh, a model where I have a list. Like I'm looking at my invoice, and I click on one of the line items. And, that, and I, what I really want to do is I want to load up some detail about deep information about the product connected to that line item. And I don't want to go to my graph and build a relationship from – Invoice to line item to product to all these five other things that connect to the product just for the purpose of displaying extra information about that product. For example, current inventory stocking level of that product. Obviously, I need to know that, but I don't want to have to build a whole little table occurrence group off of every single line item uh, table occurrence that I have on my graph. I just want to be able to get that data at the time that I click on that line item. Right. And so, so and you can go way beyond that. I mean, right, envision right. being able to click on that. You're on a customer invoice. You're looking at that invoice. You can see maybe you're even on the phone with this person right now. And you basically want to find out, you know, once you've added that item to their invoice, you want to click on that item. And maybe you want to see how many people have ordered this item across the past couple of months and what else did all of those people order in order to make Mm. suggestions to this person. You can query and pull all of that information out using SQL and then just display it within a web viewer right there. Hey, Mr. Smith, have you thought about also ordering such and such product? 90% of our customers that have bought this product have also bought this product and do it right there on the fly. And so when you, what are the mechanics of this, uh, of this SQL statement? What do they look like? Um, 
It's pretty simple. I mean, it's basically, it starts with select. You're going to specify what fields you want from which table, and then you specify your, uh, your condition, which is um, a where clause. Um, and depending on, I, I don't, I haven't done as much SQL in FileMaker as I have with like Drupal and other systems, mm -hmm. but, um, there's an operator that is, um, it's like, in fact, I think it supports like, and then you use the percent sign as a wild card. So for example, if you wanted to match, um, let's say you were looking for everybody that had the word Smith within their name, mm -hmm. it would start with Smith, but then you would use, if you used the percent sign after Smith, so it would basically be like select first name, last name from table, uh, whatever the table name is. Mm -hmm. So you're specifying the fields you want, and then you would say where um, last name is like, and then you have that whatever value you're passing in, Smith, and then percent sign. And so what that would find, it would find Smith, Smithson, Smithsonian, Smith, everything right. beyond. And so if there was a percent sign on either side of that, then it would basically be, you know, within where Smith contains, is on mm -hmm. the exactly on the inside. Which would be a really slow query in FileMaker that contains yes. one. Yeah. Well, and and you all you have to remember that SQL isn't magic as well. So anything that you want to go f you want to have go fast in FileMaker, those fields need to be indexed. Right. Well, they also need to be indexed using SQL. It doesn't you know, it still abides by the same rules. It's just the fact that you can do it um, completely outside of the graph. Right. That's pretty cool. And so the one, does it return then with just the IDs of the records that match, or the actual fields uh, data that you're looking at from those places? Well, remember, you specify what fields you want. So if the only thing you want back is an ID, then that's the first part of your select statement. So mm -hmm. it's select serial number or select ID from table where, and then you specify your whole conditions of what needs to match in order to get that back. So in other words, there's also a, a character that is the star character, which means select all fields. Right. So if it's select asterisk star uh, from table where, mm -hmm. then you're going to get all of the fields from that table. That's a so great definitely idea. Definitely, you just you just specify <laughs> just the one field, uh, the one or the few fields that you want. In many cases, with regards to driving a portal for the purpose of display, you're just going to be selecting that you know one ID field. And it really seems like this whole. Uh, SQL thing is kind of increasing in in uh, in use. So it seems like a few years ago there was one or two ways to do it, and then uh, when they opened it up more, like plugin vendors sort of realized um, that hey, we can do this. And then we started seeing ones. We started seeing plugins that didn't have this feature that they were using it internally for something else, like uh, FM Data Guard, for example, was using the internal SQL capabilities of FileMaker to do their logging. And that's the plugin that I've bought and used for a lot of time. I, I love that logging plugin. Um, and so they just added the ability within that plugin to actually get access to FileMaker SQL commands. And then you've got, of course, that's a commercial one. And then you've got ScriptMaster, which is free. ScriptMaster doesn't support, doesn't provide its SQL for free, though. Oh, so that's the, yeah, you have to pay, but it's really cheap to, to buy that, though, from them, right? Correct. Um, ScriptMaster comes with everything except for the ability to work with the clipboard and 
sequel. But there is, I forget, um, there's the MyFM Butler. They have Deuce sequel. That Mm -hmm. one, I believe, you do have to pay. I think Beeswax does have one called, I think, Beebox or something, where they're hooking into sequel and that mm-hmm. may be a free one but i know that there's one other one uh, what happened is a lot of the vendors who were trying to sell sequel it was it's really a low demand item there are not a whole lot of filemaker developers taking advantage of sequel those that do once they find out from having talked to people at devcon once they find out that they can do it they're like oh my gosh this trims my solution down by so much i'm going to use SQL every time I can, provided mm-hmm. they can, you know, they're comfortable with plug-in deployment and auto-update and things like that, which right. is really no big deal. Yeah. But eventually they figured out, you know, we can't sell enough SQL plugins to make it worth our while. We've already done the code, so some people started making it for free. So right. I think there's maybe three or four out there, but the ones that I've used was... Um, oh, yeah, SmartPill PHP does it as well. Yeah. Yeah. I've, those are the two that I've used, SmartPill and then... Um, Scriptmaster. So, but SQL is SQL. Once you know SQL, whatever plugin you're using, you know it's you're good to go. And you use quite, don't you use this stuff quite heavily in uh, Theme Studio as well? Um, I only use it in one place, and that's for um, actually searching for the icons uh, based on their tags, which is very simple. So, um, it's basically each time a character is uh, is typed then I'm executing an on-object modify on that particular field, and that's um, issuing a, a the same SQL select statement with an increasing amount of conditions with regards to what it pulls back, which narrows your results. And that was way better than using FileMaker's default method for that? Um, probably not, but I just had it, and it was there. Um, I don't. I didn't really do any performance benchmarking, but I didn't need... I was what I was pulling back didn't really wasn't getting any big benefits. I mean, I could have just used FileMakers, but I had it. I already had some functions programmed in for sure. passing the SQL statement. I create custom functions, as you know, for most everything. Yep. <laughs> you love your custom functions. So let's see. You've got the select statement um, that you, that the plugin gives you access to. There's also some other things you can do. Of course, you can actually. You can you can create and drop tables and fields from SQL commands too, uh, for extra credit, right? That's like really getting out there. I I would probably put that in like if there are people that are doing creating what would be called temporary tables mm-hmm. for temporary processing. That's probably less than one percent, I would say, of all FileMaker developers that yeah. I've ever come across. But that is a technique that you could use. Um, let's say there's an importing process. Um, if you wanted to create a table on the fly, which is a mirror table of one of your existing data tables, but you don't want to keep that data that table persistently within the solution, you can definitely create that on the fly by uh, just knowing what all the fields are that you want created. Create the table, do the import, match it up with against your data that you know your data mm-hmm. that's already in there against what you're importing, you know, cancel out all of your dupes and then just bring in just the new data that you want. So not a common technique. Is that more of a common technique in, in like Drupal and other SQL, other, other things you've done? Um, SQL by its nature, if needed, will create temporary tables. In fact, that's what happens when whenever a join is actually happening in a database, there's typically a temporary table created, especially if it's working on non-index data. 
So um, hmm. it's just, you know, in order to pull results when you're pulling from two different tables, that temporary table needs to be temporarily created. Now you can, it's sort of, you know, it, it can be temporary and it goes away, or it can be temporary and be persistent for a little while and then go away. It's all depending on how you're using SQL. But the inserts and the, and, and the deletes are really nice. So you can delete records from many tables away. Um, like you mentioned, FM Data Guard, the way that they're actually creating each little audit log entry is they're using inserts in order to create records in uh, right. either the same table or another table. It really it has nothing to do with what layout you're on. Right, rather than using the FileMaker or new record command. So they don't have to actually change context to it. They can just create a record in some foreign table without, yeah, I love that. Anywhere, yeah. anywhere in the whole, it, well, it doesn't even have to be in the same database. It can be in a completely different file on a different server or on the same server. It doesn't, it really doesn't matter. As Sweet. long as you have a path to access, then you can do whatever you want. So what are the other benefits you've derived in, in using more of this uh, SQL internal in FileMaker? Um, for the most part, those, those are the two primary biggest benefits, is reducing the amount of clutter in a solution by being able to get access to what you want, and then also um, just the speed with being able to, you know, interact so quickly. I don't have to have the relationship and I don't have to have the list function in order to get what I want. I can just do a query and pull it out right away. So, I mean, those are the, those two those two are the biggest. I know I mentioned that there were other things that you can do, but it really comes down to, you know, once you've learned the SQL syntax, you know, it's sort of coming up with creative ways to use it. You know? um. What are, uh, I guess there's probably tons of ways you can learn SQL syntax. You can just go to Google and search for good ways to learn it. Uh, any really good ways that have jumped out for you for people that you recommend to people to learn it? Like maybe attending your use internal SQL FileMaker class that you're teaching? <laughs> <laughs> the one you suggested? The, the one that I suggested 20 minutes the, ago before we started recording? The ghost class that doesn't exist? <laughs> <laughs> it's a good idea, though. I mean, I guess, all three I don't or four know. people who care about this would show up, probably. Yeah, it depends on how many people actually wanted to learn it. Uh, so, I mean, there's a lot of things you can do with FileMaker, but, I mean, you really have to have a, a, a want for being able to use SQL and doing stuff with it. Yeah, that's not a super easy technique, but I think it pays dividends. And it's, uh, it's the next thing that I re- want to really start doing heavily in my solutions because I'm really frustrated with uh, – even though I don't really interact with the graph that much, actually sometimes days could go by and I don't even need to look at the graph. But when I go in there and I see all these things that exist for one little function that really I don't need, that I could replace the whole thing with, uh, with using internal SQL, it's, it would be so great. That's <laughs> – yeah, you would have just a straight visual representation of what's there that corresponds to a layout and so on. I totally agree. Really, you know, just like any other language, it's 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 confusing and frustrating because you think you're going to have to invest a lot of time to learn something new, but it's basically more the not knowing 
that's frustrating than it is actually learning it. Because I think anybody, any FileMaker developer, if they just tell themselves, I'm going to give myself a half a day, and if in a half a day I don't fully understand what I have access to with regards to SQL, then I will have considered that my time was wasted. But really, there's only five different commands. There's, um, no, there's select, insert, update, delete. So that's four. And then Drop. Uh, learning join. Well, I don't really count yeah. uh, table, table manipulations. Yeah, yeah. Create and, and drop, you don't really do a whole lot. Most yeah. of the time you already have your tables. The primary statements are the ones that you're working with, which mm-hmm. is all of your CRUD, which is short for create. What is it? Create. What does CRUD stand for? Create, one update, and delete. I forget what the... The R may be revise or something. I don't know. Yeah. Do a Wikipedia search and find sure. what the CRUD acronym stands for. But that's all there is. Those yeah. four statements. So whether you go to MySQL to learn it or whether you go to Oracle, the one thing that I think you need to remember is that I believe it's called um, SQL 96 or SQL 92. I don't know. You can find it in a PDF on FileMaker's website of what they are. I think it's called. I think it's SQL 92 compliance yeah. is Would, what they are. Wouldn't it be create, read, update, delete? Um, read? I don't know. Somebody's going to find it. <laughs> SQL, I'm pulling up uh, like on the internet right now. It is SQL 92, and I believe that's what FileMaker is. So FileMaker doesn't support many of the other things that you'll find in um, other SQL, like the like MySQL, which is what I'm most familiar with, uh, supports sub, uh, subqueries which you can't do. Mm-hmm. But they've got, uh, here's, uh, here's other things. I'm looking at the Wikipedia page. You've got um, different SQL functions that will actually do conversions on things. For example, they've got uh, date, time, timestamp. Um, but they've got other things, too, that are based on you know verbose settings of fields and stuff like that, like varchar and different things like that. Right. Um, but they've got union, join, natural join, um, I don't believe SQL 92 has left join and right join, which are um, different things that you find in MySQL, um, alter and drop. But really, it's it's just those four, I'd say. Start with those four. Say, yeah. I want to learn select, insert, uh, delete, and um, I forget what the other one I said was. And really, update. really select update is the biggie. It seems to me, you know, the select where and and... That's that's the one I'd probably spend most of my time on. Yeah, I'd go select and then update, which allows you to modify data, and then um, add and or create, mm-hmm. and then uh, delete. All right, because de- delete's really easy. So uh, yeah, there you go. But uh, a lot of stuff you can do with it that's uh, really fast. In fact, it's fun to think. What can I keep off of the graph because I can use SQL? That's a lot of my brain is spending on that topic. All righty. Dr. Petrovsky. That's everything I've got. Always great to talk. Always great to talk to you too, Matt. Let's do this again and not wait six months. <laughs> <laughs> Only if people like listening. Thanks. All right. See ya. <laughs>